Welcome to the Big Fundamental Podcast, a San Antonio Spurs podcast brought to you by Kins 5, the official station of the San Antonio Spurs. I'm Jackson Floyd, and joining me as always, we've got sports director Joe Ryanagle. How are you doing today, Joe? Doing great. Happy to be back. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. And of course, we had to bring in uh, the realist, real Tom Petrini. That's Tom Petrini from the digital <laughs> side of Kins 5. How are you doing today, Tom? I'm, I'm doing great, Jackson. I'm, I'm hanging in there. Uh, it's, it's, it's been fun. We, we were watching some fun basketball uh, in the last couple days, gotta say. Uh, some tremendous Game 5s, uh, including yep. Kevin Durant's uh, historic night of a bunch of points, a bunch of assists, a bunch of rebounds. 45, 48 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists, I think. Something in that ballpark. Uh, first player yeah, to do petition that. To, uh, petition to permanently ban the phrase pivotal Game 5 from all the discourse. <laughs> but those were some pivotal game fives. Uh, and I mean, KD went off, Paul George went off in the absence of Kawhi Leonard. Um, you know, and, about the and Atlanta that, Hawks, that, the Atlanta Hawks. Hawks. I mean, two huge comebacks to take a three, two series lead against a banged up Sixers yeah. team. Who would have thought that Atlanta could make a team out Atlanta them, right? You know, Atlanta is, as, yeah. a, as, a, as a sports city is so used to being on the other end of those upsets. So, uh, yeah, pretty wild to Big see that. Time. And uh, I, I know on my, on just, I was surprised to see how the Clippers responded once the Kawhi Leonard news came out, you know. And, Joe, I know we talked in passing about just what that meant for the team and what we thought they could say in response. Were you, were you surprised to see kind of Paul George kind of do something similar to Durant, you know, rise to the occasion when the, when the team needed him? You know, I, I think it's something he needed to do, right? Because I think a lot of people had doubt in their mind about a Paul George and what he could do. And so Me I think included. not only did he prove, yeah, <laughs> did he prove it to him, to everybody, I think maybe to himself too. And he even said after the game, you know, it was something I had to do with no Kawhi. I had to step up, and he certainly did. That was a huge win for them. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I'm not sure if they go on and, and beat Utah, especially if, if Kawhi's not going to be there. But that was a ginormous win, no question. And the Kawhi news, just one of the, the major pieces to fall on a day that felt it was you know, out of the Game of Thrones timeline, just blow after blow. And the, the injury bug's been biting throughout this whole playoffs. You know, We just saw Kawhi Leonard out with an ACL injury. Chris Paul's out uh, on the health and safety protocols for an undetermined amount of time. And then, of course, you know, before Tuesday, we saw Harden, Kyrie, uh, Chris Paul injured his shoulder against the Lakers. AD missed time in that game. I mean, even LeBron was banged up. Embiid's playing through a meniscus tear. Uh, there's a lot of worn down guys throughout this whole fight. Uh, and I, that's definitely uh, making an impact on the playoffs. It, it seems like the the healthiest team standing at the end uh, will be the one to uh, have the best chance for the finals here. Um, it, it, what, what's the, the cause of that? You know, we've, we've seen LeBron come out and speak out about you know, what the truncated season meant to that. Tom, Tom, is that what we're seeing in effect here? I mean, it's, it's tough to pinpoint, but you look at it, and this is the most all-stars that have missed time in the playoffs due to injury ever. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, that... I think it was a league rep came out and responded to LeBron's comments and was like, well, actually, you know, it's people have been getting injured at similar rates. And, you know, if, if, if the numbers say that, I, I guess I believe it a little bit, but it, it certainly feels like there are more wear and tear injuries this year that guys have, have had to deal with. And, you know, Spurs were no stranger to that. They, they had injuries throughout the season. Um, and especially these teams with really uh, brutal second-half schedules because they missed time earlier in the year due to COVID. Um, you know, you, you, see, you see these guys get tired out there and you see that lead to, you know, because it, it's not just, oh, you're, you're tired and, you know, something goes. It's you're, you're tired and you, you, you can't put your, your feet where they're supposed to go sometimes. Your, your body is like, just not working the right way. Um, and I mean, Jokic, we know that guy loves hooping. We know how much he means to his national team. He was like, guys, I need a break. Um, and I think a lot of people will be doing that this summer and really just, you know, trying to get back on track. And for any team that makes a deep playoff run, 
um, you know, those guys are going to be exhausted. And I, I think it's hard to argue that uh, this season and the circumstances surrounding it didn't exacerbate that problem that the league already has, right? The league's already trying to get rid of back-to-backs, already, you know, working so that uh, players don't have to load manage so that they can, you know, just play the schedule because the schedule is safe to play. Um, and this this season was not that. Um, yeah. So, I know the league wants to discourage load management, and I know that you know we've talked about this uh, in the past too. Pop was kind of one of the the forebearers of this idea in the NBA. You know, <laughs> famously he benched everybody against the Miami Heat on a televised game in what 2014, 2015, and the league came down hard on him then and the team then. Uh, but it's something that's only grown since then. Joe, I mean, do you think? Even if the league takes precautions in place next year, are we going to continue to see load management grow as a thing teams do during the regular season? Yeah, I think you are. I, I like what the league's doing, although they stretch the season out, which they're going to do. And and Tom's exactly right. I mean, these teams, especially the two teams that make it to the finals, and if that series goes seven games or whatever, I think mean, it's going to. What are they going to have? A couple of months off. It's going to be brutal, and it's going to be interesting to watch those teams at the start of the season to see how those players are. But I think you're always going to see load management now. I think it's a thing, and I think these guys are going to continue to do it. I do applaud the league, though, for what they're trying to do with getting rid of these back-to-backs. I think, you know, back-to-back ball games are just – they just shouldn't be. I mean, I know you have to have it right. to squeeze the season into where it is, but back-to-back games really should just be outlawed completely because – as hard as these guys go, as physical as this game is, it's just difficult to put your body in that situation without giving it a rest. And so, um, again, I applaud them, but hopefully we'll see a time that the league can can completely do away with back-to-back ball game. Yeah, I think yeah, with, with back-to-backs. Go on, sorry, but, but with back-to-backs, you know, you almost have to put an asterisk on evaluating the team's performance in that game. You know, if if they overperform, it's it's extra impressive because there were there were difficult circumstances. If it's you know a loss, it's like well, but can you really fault them too much because they were they were tired? Uh, that that famous uh, the the time that Pop sent Tim, Tony, and Manu home, uh, it was their fourth game in fifth nights in, in five nights, mm-hmm. and they had won like the previous five games on the road trip. And this was the last game of the road trip. And so pop just sent him home. Like that, that's why he did it. Um, so, and, and I, I think that especially because of the way this season went, there's going to be an even greater push for making a schedule that works for everybody so that the players can play the games and the fans can watch them play the games and they can be healthy for them. Yeah. And you know, well, and the, league, the league doesn't, you know, the league doesn't want to reduce the number of games, but I think it's going to come to that. I mean, I really do, unless you're going to have an NBA season that lasts from January to December. And you, you almost have to reduce the number of games to eliminate back-to-back ball games. I think I think eliminating, say, 10 games from the season would, would be ideal because it would make the games, for, for me, a little bit more important. I mean, you've got to start playing right out of the get-go. And you eliminate back-to-back ball games. And I know the league doesn't want to do that. It's a matter of money. But I think in the interest of safety and in the interest of the fans wanting to see the star players play when they pay what they pay for a ticket to go watch, you got to do it. I mean, it's going to have to come to that, I think. Yeah. Tom, you made a great point during our episode when we talked about the Basketball Hall of Fame and, and Kobe Bryant's legacy about playing every game, you know, because you never know who, who's going to see you for the first time and how that's kind of an outdated idea, right? The, the, the players, first and foremost, are focused on health and, and focused on, on being available in the playoffs and in the finals when it matters, you know, as we're seeing <laughs> clearly right, uh, right now in, in the midst of it. So I, I think there's a balance somewhere, you know. I think, Joe, you're exactly right. The ten, shaving 10 games off the season makes a lot of sense. If they do that, I think three of the games they wouldn't take off the season are the play-in games because that keeps people motivated through the final stretch. And then a lot of people tuned in for those three games. So if they're losing yeah. games, it's a great yeah. way to make some money back. Um, 
So let's transition here to uh, talking us about some of the awards that have been handed out over the last week, uh, specifically all defense, you know, in which two Spurs players had a strong case to, to be in that conversation, and two Spurs players were not uh, awarded. No Spurs players were awarded, awarded uh, uh, for all defense. You know, we also saw no Spurs players awarded for all NBA, but I don't think that was expected. However, you know, you could make a case DeJounte Murray deserved to be in the uh, all defense conversation, and of Jakob Pertl, who I thought was spectacular defensively throughout the season, statistically, what, the second best defensive big man behind Rudy Gobert, who was Defensive Player of the Year. You know, there, there might have been some room for him in the all-NBA teams, uh, all-defensive teams. And uh, Danny Green, even, uh, former Spur Danny Green, chimed in, too, the, on Twitter, just saying both those guys worthy of more respect and deserving of that respect in that conversation. Uh, Joe, did it surprise you at all to see that both those guys were snubbed? No, it doesn't, even though you could make a case. And, yeah, there were... There were a lot of names on the list that made it that I think it's it's hard to argue that they didn't deserve to be there. So, you know, when you're starting, when you're trying to figure it out and you're a writer and you're voting on this stuff, obviously I think the, the first thing that comes to your mind is did their team win, right? So, okay, that, that may put a little bit bigger, uh, at, you know, star by their name. And so I think, um, you know, all of those things play a factor. And quite frankly, welcome to San Antonio Spurs basketball. I mean, we've been being uh, the Spurs have been snubbed by the national media for uh, the since the beginning of time, and I think that's just going to continue to happen just because of where we are. Uh, even when the you know they've got a twenty year playoff run, which is unheard of in professional sports, it's still uh, it's San Antonio, and so um, it happens. I think that's why Danny Green is making a case, and because he knows how that feels. Um, but you can go all the way back and ask some of the other guys that have played here that, that got snubbed and. Everybody wondered why. It's just, uh, it's just kind of goes with the deal, I think, for San Antonio basketball. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that Dejounte Murray and Jakob Pertl are both like all defense caliber players for sure. And if there was a third team this year, they might have been on it. Um, mm -hmm. But the the issue with voting for that particular team, like with with all stars, you can get some all stars who are on bad teams, right? But you sure. typically don't get all defensive players who are not on good defensive teams. And the Spurs this year were below average defensively. Um, that's not DeJounte Murray or Jakob Pertl's fault. They were the ones who kept it from being abysmal, probably. Uh, they, they certainly helped a lot in that regard. Um, but, you know, when, when DeJounte won his second team All-NBA nod years ago, that defense was really good, uh, and he was mm -hmm. on that team with Kawhi Leonard, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, Kawhi probably was first team. Um, so, you know, you look at the the list of the ten guys that they picked for these two teams. Uh, you, you've got Simmons and Bead and Tybal, right? Uh, three guys on the same great defense. That's kind of how these awards have gone. So. Definitely a bummer. Definitely something that, you know, Spurs fans who who already feel like the team gets no love can just, you know, shake their fists at. But and and it's something that we know DeJounte is the kind of guy who will put that on his bulletin board of motivational material. You know, like he, he tweeted shortly after a bunch of crying emojis. Uh, didn't say anything, but, you know, said, said what he thought. It was the, um, the the crying laughter one, right? It wasn't just the the, the upset. Was, yeah, yeah, no, it was it was it was laugh crying. But I've seen that misinterpreted as the other thing. Yeah, like there's there's nothing more awkward than somebody commenting on like a really sad Facebook post with a crying laughy emoji by accident. Yeah, not the case here. Um, but you know, he he wants to get back to that level. He wants to get the Spurs team defense back to that level, um, and. I I would be surprised if he never made an all defense team again. Yeah, um, I think we'll I, I think see he'll both of them back, back in the conversation uh, this coming season, especially because you know after the bubble season, you know they were they were poor on defense, right? And that was something the team said they were going to address. And maybe they addressed it um, scheme wise, but personnel wise, it wasn't something they addressed. I think this off season they'll they'll bring in some personnel who who address. I mean, sure, they got rid of Forbes, who was uh, the worst starting guy uh, defensively, uh, worst defensive player in the starting five. Um, but you know, I think personnel is going to continue to 
defensive side, defensively, the personnel is going to continue to be a, a focus there. Uh, if not defense, then maybe shooting are the two areas they address. But I think you're exactly right. Both these guys are going to be in the conversation. I, personally, I, I probably think Pirtle was the one that was most upset about. Uh, I know he didn't get the playing time the first half of the season, but what he meant as the anchor for this team and, and statistically what he did, I thought was uh, worthy of recognition. So. I think when he gets a full season as a starter, he'll be a lot harder to ignore yeah, because, you know, the, there were a lot of dirty work things that the list of people better than him was Rudy Gobert. And that was it. Like, like he, he does a lot of uh, similar things for about, uh, I don't know, 8% the cost. So, uh, you know, it's, as far as team building goes, um, Yaga Pertle worth every penny just for just for his defense and dirty work. And then that defense is obviously going to improve with, with Derek White coming back. And so you'll have a better yeah. uh, understanding. And I look for them to add pieces in the offseason that, that will be better defensive players, you, you would think, right? So And maybe you get rid of some players or that, that weren't so great defensively. So I think this team, I think you're right, Tom. I think this team, uh, their defensive days are certainly looking brighter in the future. Yeah, you look at the, the the name of guys who kind of are questionable in returning. You know, either uh, they're free agents or you know they the, left the team halfway through the season and never came back. You know, not to name names, Trey Lyles, but uh, you know, um, but you know, like that that's Demar Derozan who's questionable to return. That's Patty Mills who who's questionable to return. Uh, Rudy Gay, I think, was better defensively than people give him credit for, but he's going to be a step slower as he gets older next year. Um, and then of course Trey Lyles, you know whatever happened there, he, he probably will not be back with the team. So those are spots that they have to fill in with defensive guys if they want that. Or maybe they use that to fill in with shooters. You know, they've got, they've got room to, to maneuver here this offseason. Um, another spot they may have to fill is assistant coach because Becky Hammond, who is the longest tenured assistant coach here for the San Antonio Spurs, her name has been cropping up in all of the conversations surrounding coaching vacancies this offseason. Uh, not even in the offseason yet. We're still in the postseason, yet there's a number of holes opening up across the league. You're talking about Indiana, Orlando, Portland, Boston. And in just the last, what, 36 to 48 hours, we saw New Orleans get rid of Stan Van Gundy. Scott Brooks uh, mutually agreed to part ways with the Washington Wizards, uh, my favorite team speak PR phrase uh, get, that gets attached to things like that. Uh, but that, that's a uh, you know what a quarter of the league already looking at some some vacancies, and there's probably going to be a few more depending on how things develop. I wonder, depending on what happens with this Nets uh, Nets Bucks series, if uh, Milwaukee's uh, looking for a coach uh, upcoming. Uh, we'll see here, uh, but you know. Her name is cropping up, and rightfully so, because she is someone who has proven uh, to, to, to be someone who can lead a team. You know, not only did she lead a summer league team to a championship then, but she has filled in for Pop as the first assistant uh, and became the first woman to take on a head coaching mantle in a game uh, when Pop missed a game earlier uh, this season. Um, are, are you not surprised, Tom, then to see her kind of be, be brought up into this conversation whatsoever? No, I, I think that any team that is looking for a head coach, um, you know, if, if that front office is not considering at least talking to Becky Hammond for the position, their fans, uh, uh, probably a good number of them want them to. Um, because, you know, that's what happens when you had a playing career that put you among the 20 best to ever do it and then spend six years on Coach Pop's bench. Yeah, that is a person who's absolutely qualified to coach an NBA team. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's uh, – I think that one of the really endearing things about Becky Hammond is that even though she's this, you know, trailblazing history maker, um, you know, she she was asked about, you know, what, what were you thinking when you when you – Took the took the clipboard from Pop and and you were the head coach there, like stepping into the history books. She was like, "I want to beat the Lakers," like, like that's an appealing message to literally twenty nine NBA teams. Um, and but but that's who she is. She cares about the work. She cares about you know 
being with the guys and helping them grow and putting them in positions to succeed and doing the job the right way. Um, and she's she's been an asset here for a long time. Um, Coach Pop's coaching tree is, you know, vast and proud and, and has some, you know, really strong limbs to it. Uh, Becky would be a completely unique one for sure. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, she has a chance to become the first woman head coach in NBA history. And at the um, same time, and, Tom, there's a chance that she's not, you know, she's not the only yeah. woman who's cropped up in these conversations. You know, I think Teresa Weatherspoon in New Orleans is, is kind of favorited uh, to take that role. She's been with the Pelicans and I think a vice president of basketball operations role uh, involved with that team, at least for a few seasons now. And then, uh, Joe, you tweeted the, uh, the billboard that went viral in Boston, uh, Boston's fans uh, urging the team to consider Becky Hammond uh, for the hood catching role. But also had Kara Lawson, uh, who coached the Duke Blue Devils team and then uh, went on to coach, uh, be an assistant coach for Brad, Brad Stevens' organization there. Um, would you be disappointed, Joe, if Becky wasn't the first woman to take on a head coaching role? If, if another, if, if Teresa Weatherspoon would beat her out to that, to that, that title, if you will, that, that historic achievement um, in New Orleans before Becky got the chance? You know, I don't think I would be disappointed if she wasn't the first woman. But look, I think if Becky wants a job, any one of these jobs that are open, that is, one of them is going to be offered to her. I just believe that it's going to be. Um, you know, you, you look at what she's done, you look at her commitment, and I guarantee you how impressive she is when she goes in and interviews. So if she wants a job, I think she's going to be offered one. Here's what I look at, though. What has Becky been promised here in San Antonio? Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to find that out because I think that she'll have the opportunity to leave and go coach somewhere. And if she doesn't, I think that's going to speak volumes as to what she's been promised here in San Antonio over the next year or two uh, as to what Pop uh, does or, or doesn't do. So um, I think that bears a lot of watching. I really do. And I think that's something that I'm going to be looking for but I don't think Becky's going to be upset if uh, another woman gets a head coaching job before she does. I really – I'm not sure – it'd be nice, and I think she said so, but I don't think – she just wants to be a head coach in the NBA, whether that's in Orlando or Indiana or San Antonio. So I think whenever it happens, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when that happens. I think you're absolutely right. She would be very – excited and proud for any of the other women who are considered if they beat her to the to that role and it's a role that honestly you know it, it's about time that this is become i mean it's becoming more mainstream and much more of a common um a, a common occurrence to see uh names like becky's uh, up here in this uh conversation i have a i have a feeling and, that and dude teresa weatherspoon i mean like there, there was a video of her that went viral earlier in the year uh and it was her talking about coming from this very small town and her eighth grade coach told her she would never be great at basketball. She goes on to become an Olympic gold medalist. She comes home, she's got the medal with her mom and she's like, hold on, I'll be right back. Runs to this person's house in the middle of the night and bangs on their door and is like, <laughs> and the video, like I'm doing it about 10% justice. Just go like look it up and watch it. She's incredible. She yeah. like, like, she's awesome. And, uh, I, like, I watched that, that two minute clip and I was ready to run, run through a brick wall for her. Yeah. Um, so the, there, there is no question of if there will ever be a, a, a female NBA coach, it's going to happen. It's question is who and when and where, right? You know, it's, it, I, I, we're it seems likely. That. Yeah. Yeah. It's but I, I think Joe well, hit the nail on the head with, with what Becky's been promised here, because if, if she's the heir apparent and she knows that and she wants to be here and, you know, she and her family are happy here and she, she likes the group here and, you know, she, she wants to be a, a part of that continued growth. We don't know. We don't know what, what her primary motivation is. Yeah. But what we do know is that whether she's the first female head coach uh, or not, she's going to have her place in the history book already. Yeah. Um, you know, like she, she will be remembered for uh, breaking a number of glass ceilings that, you know, whoever that next first head coach is, you know, the, they'll point to her as, you know, part of that. Yeah. So, um, you know, however it shakes out, 
uh, I, I think Spurs fans are going to be proud. Absolutely. I mean, even if it's not here in well, San Antonio. The other, yeah. yeah, the other name that's floating around is, uh, it was Dawn Staley, I believe is her name, from South Carolina. She's the head coach of the women's team there, and that's another name that's popping around. It wouldn't surprise me if there's two or three mm-hmm. in the NBA this year, to be quite honest with you. So it's, it's going to be an interesting offseason and an interesting uh, watch uh, to see who these hires are. Absolutely. And as we're, we're watching that unfold throughout the offseason, we're also going to have some Olympic basketball to watch uh, this summer. Uh, how, how's that for a segue? That's not bad, right? Uh, I thought we'd have some fun with this. You know, we've already seen a few players kind of take their name out of consideration. Uh, Tom, you were kind of hinting at this earlier, due to you know kind of having to recover from the season they just had, or maybe they were having injury uh, issues they're already dealing with. Um, unofficially, Kawhi hasn't withdrawn his name. I'm assuming that's going to happen within the next few days, if it's already not just a given, you know. But LeBron James will not be on this Olympic team. There are people who have con- uh, committed to the Olympics already, though. You know, we've seen Damian Lillard, Draymond Green, Jason Tatum. Just because LeBron and a few other names are pulling their names out of consideration doesn't mean that this isn't just an overwhelmingly deep pool that Team USA is going to have to pull for, uh, pull from. And, and that's a, a decision Greg Popovich is going to take, uh, have a lot of consideration in as the head coach this year uh, ahead of the Tokyo Olympics. I thought we'd have some fun with this since it is such a deep pool, doing an uh, Olympics Team USA starting five fantasy draft. And uh, I've explained the rules to you guys a little bit. I think some things we, we might do on the fly here. Um, but basically, we're going to draft two guards, two wings, a big, and then a wild card. And that wild card, it's kind of like your sixth man, I would say. Or, uh, you know, if you want to make a case for bringing Mello back, you know, you know, Team USA Mello is always uh, a good sight. Um, you know, we, we can do that too. Uh, so yeah, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we don't have a starting, uh, we don't have a rotation yet. We're going to go serpentine order, you know, fantasy style. Uh, ooh, there's no way to do an auction, I don't think. We're not going to do budgets or stuff like that. So we'll, we'll do serpentine here. Um, I'm gonna, I've got a random number generator here. Um, let's see. All right. Oh, that was loud. Okay. Uh, first pick goes to Joe Reinagle. All right. Well, and hold on. Let's get a second pick here. Let's get the rest of the oh, rotation. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's all good. It's all good. All right. Uh, I'm second. Tom's third. Of course, Tom, you'll have the fourth pick on the end. We'll go back that way there. I think we've got everything under consideration. Is there any other rules that we need to address before we hop into this? Uh, for, for players who are still active in the playoffs, mm. uh, like, you know, like Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. I, I don't think those guys will be available. If you, if you guys want to add them, I won't stop you, but I'm just not going to. You know, let me grab a pen. I'm going to keep track of this. I'm, let me I'll be right back. I need a pen, and then we'll, uh, we'll get this going. Got a pen in hand. Thank you, Greg Matthews. Um, all right, Tom, I like your strategy. Let's go ahead and say, um, going down the list here, so that would be like Conley, uh, Harden, Irving, um, Mitchell, Paul, Trey, Brooklyn. man, I think Trey's going to play though. You know, we'll, we'll see how far they go, but I, I, I think. Yes. Gonna... Never mind. Forget it. All right. All right. All right Forget all right. it. It was a good idea in theory, but uh, a little hard in practice to too hard. Yeah, exactly. All right. We'll keep the pool open. You know, maybe Kevin Durant's not there in the Olympics, but he can be in our Olympics team. It's, it's fantasy after all. All right. Joe Reinagle, you are on the clock. Pick number one. Who are you taking? We're starting with guards, correct? Well, you can go in any order you want. Just two guards, two well, wings, I'm and a big. Guards. I'm not going to let this guy slip away. Steph Curry. Steph Curry. All right. That's a, that's a, a valiant first pick, I think. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, the GOAT. You're taking the, 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 the best player in the league right now. Is that your, your uh, argument for it? Most fun player to watch? What, what's, what do you think here? Well, certainly the most fun player to watch and uh, the best three-point shooter on the history of the game of basketball come on it's very valid all right i'm I'm stalling for time as i as i make my pick here Um, because i thought i had a plan but uh you know what he's not going to be there in the olympics but i'm taking kd you know we just watched him put up one of the greatest uh greatest nights of basketball just a few nights ago uh, I think he was quietly the best player in the league for, for the last few years here. Uh, and he made it known very loudly this week that, yeah, he's probably the best player in the, in the league. 
So Tom, that puts you on the clock. You've got two picks here back to back. Uh, and uh, I think the, the world is your oyster. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I think, honestly, I'm going to go with first, the, the first guy we knew would be on the roster in Damian Lillard. Um, mm. You know, I, Jackson, as, as far as your plan goes and the fact that you had to throw it out the window after the first pick, uh, I would I would guess that, uh, you know, that plan involves Steph Curry. Uh, he's great. Dame is uh, the only person that comes close in terms of shot creation range. And, I mean, the, the way that he carried Portland this year was uh, really, I mean, he's great. Uh, Absolutely. So I'm very excited to see what he does in a Team USA jersey. Um, that's going to be super fun to watch. And it's not going to happen um, for either of our teams, but watching Curry and Lillard possibly as the, the starting guards, that's going to be insane. Yeah. That's going to be fireworks every that night. That would be Sorry. insane, yes. All right, Tom, go on. Um, I, I, could, I, could, I could put together another devastating backcourt here. I've got options. Um, <laughs> you know what? I think I will. Give me Devin Booker. Ah, you took my pick right before me. Give me Book. That's how it goes. Booker, I mean, this Suns team, if you haven't been watching this Suns team, you're missing out. They they are so yeah. much fun. Uh and they've they've got a lot of good players. Uh and I mean, before the bubble, people were like, why'd they invite them? And then they won eight games in the bubble and then did this this year. Um and, and Booker's ascension has been a huge part of that. A lot of credit rightfully deservingly going to Chris Paul and Monty Williams, who have done a tremendous job. Uh, but Book has always been good, and now he's getting that opportunity to show it. So, yeah, give me Book. That's a great pick. Uh, I thought it was going to be my pick, but, you know, my plan was hopefully to, to get Curry and Booker. But, uh, you know, it's fine. The best played plans, right? Um, I, I'm at a crossroads here. Do I just build the 2021 Nets, or uh, do, do I go in a different direction? It, it's, it's on the table. Um, I'm torn between two guys and I, you know, all right, I'm Donovan Mitchell. I'm going to take Donovan Mitchell. Um, he, he's made the leap this summer, man. He's been so I mean, fun to watch these postseason. So, all right. Like, there Joe, have been moments in that Clippers jazz series where it's like, he might be the best player on the floor right now yeah, with every, everybody out there. Uh, and I think his game's going to translate internationally really well, too. I think he's going to be a great yeah. guy. Uh, I mean, he might be leading the second unit for this team if you've got Curry and Lillard. So um, that's going to be a, plenty of opportunities to feast here. All right, Joe, uh, you, you've already got Steph Curry as your point guard. Um, you've got yeah. you know, several other positions to fill. What are you thinking here? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to complete my backcourt because I like this backcourt, and I think these two guys complement each other. I'm going with Kyle Lowry. Mm. Um, I think he and Curry complement each other, and I think that would be a, a, a nice backcourt to go with. I, I, yeah. I agree. I think, man, you could see these two guys kind of play together for the Warriors next year, maybe. I don't know. Kyle, I mean, uh, <laughs> could, could be, could be. If you talk to a Lakers fan, you could see both those guys playing with each other in Los Angeles next year. But uh, I think they're, they're fun <laughs> together. It's, it's a good, good backcourt. So I, I get two picks. Do I get two picks? Or this is your turn again. Yeah, you're at the turn here. Oh, it's so, my uh, turn again, huh? Well, gosh, you know, boy, that's tough. I, I've, I've got to go with Bradley Beal. Mm. Uh, uh, one of my wings, Bradley Beal. All right, so right now, Joe, you're looking at Steph Curry, Kyle Lowry, Bradley Beal. That is uh, formidable, to say the least here. Um, that's gold medal worthy already right there, I'm telling you. It is, and you, you left a guy on the board here that I think is actually going to be a, uh, a major player for, for Team USA, uh, and I do have a guard position to do it. I tried to avoid it, man. I, tried, I didn't want to do this, but James Harden uh, will be my other guard. Um, I, I, I doubt we see him. I, I don't know. It depends on the in in injury situation, but uh, if he's with Team USA this summer, um, I, he could be the, the most important guy on the court for them. Uh, for what he does, he's, I mean... Going into this year, I think he was incredibly underrated as, as a distributor, um, even for a guy who was putting up, you know, eight or nine assists uh, uh, in a season. But um, what he did in kind of navigating 
the, this, this Nets big three when they were on the court, you know, getting Irving and getting uh, Durant involved. And he, he's such, just such a pretty passer and a, and, a smart, and, a, and, a, and a good decider, I think, is the word I would use to describe him. So I'm excited to have James Harden, Donovan Mitchell, and Kevin Durant as my, my foundation here. All right, so it's me. It's up to you, Tom. You got two picks. I'm going to take another guy that will be on the team, Jason Tatum. Mm. Um, he was a he was probably the best player on the World Cup team that was uh, underwhelming and had a disappointing result. But the people involved in that team would tell you that if they had Jason Tatum healthy at the end of it, they they would have had a better shot. Um, he he, I mean. What he became the only Celtic not named Larry Bird to score whatever he scored against the Spurs. Sixty. Uh, it was a lot. It was a lot of. I I I do this thing where I try to block trauma out, but I remember that still. Uh, yeah, Jason Tatum is nice, uh, and I. Yeah, I, I gotta I gotta go with uh Anthony Davis. Yeah. I mean it's a good pick. Yeah. I, yeah. I I can't just leave him there. Uh I'm I mean his his shooting in the bubble and, and at Disney seems elevated. Uh obviously coming off a disappointing year here with injuries and, and all of that, but he's still I mean, one of the top couple of big men in the in the world so yeah. um got it got to take him uh so tom your team right now four picks in with two spots left to fill one starting spot and a uh, wild card position here to pick to pick you've got damian lillard devin booker jason tatum anthony davis it's not not, not bad you're good we're gonna have to throw this on the twitter timeline and uh and get get the people to yeah. weigh in you know i, I don't know which yeah. one would take home gold um yeah Okay, so I want I want I want to clarify something here. Do we need to fill the starting five first before making a wild no. card pick? Okay, it's it's the world is our oyster here. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna do it. I I, I didn't want to do this. I, I clarified there was a fork in the road uh, on which way I could go here. But uh, yeah, your my my gold medal team is just gonna be the 21 Brooklyn Nets. Give me Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> man. he's good, man. Oh, They're good. Yeah, the, the Nets themselves are a fantastic team. So <laughs> uh, probably when yeah. when all at one hundred percent, maybe the the team that's the best in the and you know, I, I, man, those three guys playing together are just uh, a lot of fun to watch. I think outside of the beautiful game Spurs and what we saw from the Warriors probably one of the best teams of the last decade. So um, I don't think how pissed do you think Nets fans would be if they played like whatever it was like, you know, 10 games together for the Nets this year. And then, you know, we're, we're over in Tokyo having a blast with team USA. I don't, I don't think it'll happen, but I mean, they would, they would be, they always are fun to watch play together. I think of all the three teams so far, uh, mine's the one with the most people who aren't going to be in Tokyo. So, uh, that went to Tom's rule and threw out right. the window. So, all right, Joe, yeah. you're on the clock with two picks left. Three spots here on okay. the roster. You need okay, I'm, I'm going to. Yeah, well, I, I still need a big man. I need another wing. So I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler. Mm. Okay, I like Jimmy Butler. All right, we can do the wild card too, right? I don't have to fill my center position first. Exactly. Well, I got to go with Russell Westbrook. Ooh. All right, see, so I've got the Nets and you've got the Wizards. Is, is how this is going to sound. <laughs> Beal and Westbrook as well. So, all right, when we well, can put it like that. Yeah, that made me feel great. Thanks a lot. Jackson. I mean, but he also added like you know Steph Curry to the Wizards. So there you go. There you go. Different. different. Same, same, but different. So, Joe, the final right, pick right, of right. the draft will have to be your center. Just keep that in mind as, as okay. we move ahead here. I got it. I got it. All right, so looking at back here, Tom has a wing so I, to left to fill, so I should probably take a wing away from him. <laughs> I see how it is. I mean, that's just the strike. So, again, as I said, I've got the team least likely to happen 
in Tokyo. And so I'm going to, again, take a guy who's not going to be there. Um, just I, This is fantasy. Uh, Kawhi Leonard will, will, will complete the Nets here. So uh, Yeah, okay. James Harden, Donovan Mitchell, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, um, and Kyrie Irving is uh, my team so far. You know, I might just go have off, to... Go off, I guess. <laughs> I mean, go off uh, from, from a hospital bed maybe but uh that's dark i'm sorry but uh all right tom you've got complete your team here a wing and a wild card um i I want paul george to succeed and i'm i'm going to add him to this team because i mean if you remember how he broke his leg uh like in a in a practice i think for team usa um, you know, led to changes in the placement of the basket stanchions, and you know, Team USA was like, "Hey, we'll we'll be here." Um, you know, if if you want to play for us, I don't think he's gonna play though. Mm. And I'm I'm trying to live in the we- the real world a little bit. Give me Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown uh, right. Jason Tatum's teammate, and uh, they they played together on the last team as well. Um, I, I think that would be. A good, a good group getting the Jays together. I think there's something to say uh, then, for synchronicity, right? You know, taking what you do and yeah, really together and being out there. So, yeah, for sure. Um, but now it's wild card time, and there are no cards wilder than Zion Williamson. So yes. give me that guy. I, I put him in the big category here, but I, I don't yes. even know if that fits right. Wild card's a great place to put him. So. That's an excellent pick here. So Tom, well, when when I put together the when I put together the list of like the fifty three players or whatever that we're picking from here, it was there were four positions: guards, wings, bigs, and zions. And there was only one player in the zion category. Yeah, so give he's me a that wild guy. card. He's a great wild card choice. Your your team has Absolutely. completed now: Damian Lillard, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Anthony Davis, and coming off the bench for you, Zion Williamson. Thoughts Not on bad. the team, you know, as, as a whole here? I think it's a nightmare. I mean, like, for everybody else, like, that that team is going to score a billion points. Yeah. And play de- pretty good defense, because you got AD and Tatum and Brown and, and Book, who can defend a little bit, too. There you go. All right. Bron- like a- bronze medal-worthy. Tom, bronze medal worthy. <laughs> you know, he's still going home with a medal, so you, you got to take it, right? Okay, I've got a big spot. Um, I'm going to take Bam. Give me Bam. Um, probably you sure the, you don't want Mason Plumley? You know, it saddens me not to put him on the team. Um, you know, I, I also noticed that Drew Eubanks wasn't down in his option uh, here, so, mm. but yeah, uh, it's not eligible, maybe, but. Um, so what am I going to do then? I mean, you still Without have Plumlee, right? So, but yeah, no, uh, no Eubanks for you. So uh, yeah, I think Bam's the, the best defensive guy on this list of bigs here available for Team USA. Uh, my plan is to score a lot of points um, and then have Bam and Kawhi kind of lock you down on the defensive side. So good luck, everybody. This comes I need down a to tough guy from yeah, the yeah, last yeah, yeah, I need I need a tough guy. All right, I'm going Julius Randle. So that's uh, that's my big. All right, that's a you know his his first All Star season. You know, took the Knicks to the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about his playoff performance though, heading into uh, your Olympics? Well, here? well, the entire Knicks ball club uh, kind of underachieved in the playoffs. So it wasn't just Randle, although he struggled a little bit, but. Uh, I think he's gonna he's gonna come in with a chip on his shoulder and and uh, play well in the Olympics. Yeah. I, Listen, Julius Randle, great year, but that that guy John Collins had him in a in a cell. He seriously, he he was the primary defender on him, and he gave up six of twenty five shooting, two assists, and six turnovers on an All NBA guy. Um, I. While we're talking about John Collins, I don't know who brought him up, but uh, <laughs> I, I just wrote the the definitive case for why the Spurs should bring John Collins in. Uh, if if you're interested in in that sort of content, and the Sixers the Sixers have a, a legit chance to 
get bounced by these hawks, man. You know, it's let crazy. me handle let me handle the segues next time. I had you I had you all queued up. You were talking about Randall being in a cell. I was gonna say as you know, John Collins has you in a cell too. You know, you've been just way too deep into the uh, the Collins numbers and highlight. Clips, I but. I did crash a segue one time, and that's a true story. Uh, I I picked a helmet that had a, a fluffy unicorn on it, and if I knew I was gonna be told to drive it fast and crash it. Uh, they didn't tell me to do the last part, but if I knew I was going to crash it, I would have picked a more functional helmet. 100% true story. <laughs> that certainly explains the, the team you've put together here. Um, for this. I'm just going to walk you through the, the lineups one, once more time here. Uh, Joe, I also want you to weigh in on your team here. Uh, Steph Curry, Kyle Lowry, Bradley Beal, Jimmy Butler, Julius Randle, and your wild card, Wes, Russell Westbrook. What, what's your strategy? What, what, what do you think these guys would do on the court? Well, obviously, I'm going to score about 200 points a game uh, with those guys. So, I mean, it, it, somebody's going to have to outscore me. And then I've got a couple of guys that, that, that play tough in Butler and Randall. And, and so we can bang a little bit, too. So we've got some options as to how we want to play. But uh, nobody's going to outscore this team. I can tell you that right now. What are the odds that Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler, two absolute alphas, get into a fist fight on the court? Like with each I'm other. I'm taking Butler all day long. I would not want to get in a scrap with Jimmy Butler at any time, anywhere. So uh, Butler wins that hands down. You know, I, I um, I'm obviously biased, but I, I think I have the best team. I also think I cheated, so it goes hand in hand. I think. But, uh... yeah, you've got the all hospital team, Jackson. So you know, your guys are going to be watching from the stands. It's a world-class team that needs a world-class medical uh, unit with them as well. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right. I will post those on Twitter. I want people to weigh in on uh, the best team. I'm going to put together a fancy graphic, I guess. You know, we'll just see uh, how, 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 nice. how, how, how far we go with this, um, how gold medal worthy we can make this. All right. Are you guys looking forward to the Olympics, though? Like, just big picture, you know, the three-on-three tournament, I think it's going to be amazing watching these basketball. The, the women's team, oh, my gosh. Kelsey Plum, yeah. uh, Kaylee Lou Samuelson, um, Stephanie Dolan. Like, oh, my gosh, those guys are insane. They're just amazing to watch on the court. But Kelsey Plum is such a Kelsey Plum player. is nuts. Yeah. She, like, like watching her play is a, a true delight. She, she has a ball on a string, crazy shot, can, can finish in close, like – she she was, I believe, right up there with Pistol Pete in terms of most prolific NCAA scorers of all time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, go go watch Kelsey Plum play play basketball. You'll enjoy it. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. But I tell you what, as strict as the rules are gonna be, boy, it's gonna, these these athletes are really gonna have to walk a straight line. And and I think we're gonna see some athletes get in trouble, not on purpose because they want to, but I just think it's gonna happen. And so. Boy, it's going to be – they've got to walk a straight line the entire games. And so that's that's going to be tough, I think, for them uh, going over there. So we'll see. Hopefully not. I hope I'm wrong. But, uh, man, it's strict, and I understand why, but certainly is strict for those for those folks. So off the cuff, I want to ask you guys uh, just one last Olympic question. Uh, I know we're still a month out. You know, I think it's July 29th is uh, opening day for the Olympics. But um, I, I do want to ask um, – could Luka Doncic pull a Manu Ginobili? Could he lead the Slovenian team to a gold medal and upset this Olympic, uh, U.S. team? Uh, do you see that as, a, as a, in the realm of possibility here? Or is this U.S. team just too deep compared to what that 2000 team was? 2004 team. I'm, I mean, I, I think Luka can do great things. Uh, and I, I think he can lead that team to an impressive run. But... I, I think that whatever Team USA roster they build around Damian Lillard and Draymond Green uh, and um, Tatum. Tatum, you know, they, they should be the overwhelming gold medal favorites. There could be some crazy stuff, you know, like they, nobody expected Argentina to do that. But, um, you know, I, I think this Spurs team is going to be hungry after the, the World Cup and... Um, you know, I, I'm excited to see what, what Luca does. I'm excited to see what our Luca does. Hmm. Uh, he, he got in a, a game. Um, if you'll recall, he broke his hand in, or he broke a bone in his hand in the last game. 
of the of the season. Um, but you know, he he looks healthy. He looks like he's jumping with his eyes at the at the rim level. So uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to see him play too. Absolutely. Now, Joe, if uh, let's say you know. Jokic was going to continue playing. Would you say he had a better chance at, at pulling a Manu than, than Doncic, you know, given what he did this, uh, this regular season? And uh, given that, you know, he probably has a stronger sta- uh, supporting role, uh, supporting cast with the uh, Serbian team. You know, I think, I, I think it's tough for those guys. And the Argentinian team was, was a different beast, I think. I mean, those guys were just, it was just a different team. And, and the way they played and the leadership of Manu Ginobili, uh, I think we're going to see some great competition, but I agree with I agree with Tom. I think the the way that this team, this USA team, is going to be built, uh, the talent that's going to be there, the hunger I think that's going to be there, they're going to they're going to be tough to beat. I don't think we're going to see an Argentina this year. I think United States is going to pull this off. I agree, and it'll be nice to see Coach Pop uh, with, with a gold medal for for the head. I mean, it's yep. the, the one thing on it's not on that Hall of Fame resume. Not that it needs it to, to bolster it, but uh, it, you know, taking home that Olympic gold is always nice. Uh, before the well, Olympics, maybe that's though, maybe that's the maybe that's the finishing thing for Pop, and then Becky takes over next season. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. It could be. I mean, we don't have <laughs> definitively what, what Pop's next thing is. It would surprise me if uh, he, he walked away just 30 games shy of being the all-time winningest NBA coach of all, you know, what, whatever that stat is, uh, taking over. But uh, stranger things have happened, Joe. You're not wrong. Uh, before the Olympics, though, we do have the NBA draft lottery. This isn't, you know, who we're picking, but when, where we're going to pick, you know. Uh, all those balls will be set into motion, uh, and we'll, we'll see uh, where the Spurs end up. That is Tuesday, June 22nd. And, of course, we will have reactions and analysis for you on the Big Fun Pod and Ken's 5. Joe's got you covered on the TV angle there as sports director behind the desk uh, Monday through Friday. And you can find him on Twitter at JoeKins5. And then for all of our digital analysis and uh, wrap-up on that, uh, you can also check out Tom Petrini at Kins5.com. At Real Tom Petrini, go read his John Collins piece. Go check out my uh, attempt to Photoshop John Collins into a Spurs jersey. You know, had a little. <laughs> oh, it's lovely. So. He looks great in Fiesta colors. Yeah, come argue with me on the internet if you want. I don't know. And I'm Jackson. You can find I me at JacksonKins5. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll be back with you guys next week. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.